Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a product of Gorecom, in which we sit with small cap executives right after we put, we put out important news. With us today, do I actually need to introduce him? You all know who he is. Steve McCauley, CEO of Power Clinics, CBDT on the CSE, EPWCF in the US, and 8EC for our friends in Europe. Uh, I don't know, how many of you are going to be new to the story? There's probably going to be a lot of you because the company just keeps rising and rising in the markets. The volumes are great. Today, we're celebrating all-time high, $1.25, $1.15 close, $25 million, $25 million in, uh, in uh, total volume. So you all know it. They've got clinics, a leading medical lab, diagnostics lab, developing COVID-19 test protocols that apply all over the world, and even a telemedicine platform. Steve, welcome back. Congratulations, buddy. Hey, George, thank you. It's uh, always a pleasure to get to chat with you about things and, and our progress. So thank you very much. So before we talk, uh, look, usually this is called Beyond the Press Release because there's one big press release, all right? But we've got to talk about Rexall Partnership, uh, securing the MDEL license in Canada. And the little old thing about surpassing a thousand COVID tests for the first time at Kai Lab and going from double to tripling the lab in anticipation of growth. But before we get to that, okay, uh, how are you feeling? How should the shareholders be feeling today? Because today's a fantastic day. Yeah, thank you for that. It, it really has been a fantastic, you know, kind of week and, and few days. Um, it's, you know, it, it feels great for sure. Uh, no denying, I'm, I'm very, very happy for our shareholders. Um, I, I have, so many wonderful uh, messages, you know, coming my way and to my team's way. And it, I think that's the most gratifying piece to see that you know, shareholders are happy with us, happy with our performance and are, are genuinely excited for uh, what the journey is, uh, how the journey has gone over the last little while. Again, there's, you know, there's, you know, in this pandemic, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tough life stories that are out there. And, you know, we always have to keep in mind uh, that, you know, there are struggles, there are less fortunate um, people out there. And then even some of our shareholders who, you know, kind of came in and took a position, maybe even a little bit early um, and, you know, believed in us um, are really, you know, I guess reaping the benefits of patience and, and having confidence in what we're doing. Hearing about those stories to me, um, is is kind of the most gratifying piece, um, and you know, for me, kind of, it, it, I don't I don't look at the stock chart, you know, hard. I mean, I'm I'm aware, of course, um, we pay attention to those things, but you know, we we've got execution. I, I've I've got so much to do. Our team are so busy right now. Um, we are just, frankly, at the early stages here. There is a lot more coming, and a lot more growth ahead for us. Um, I believe. Yeah, this, this feels like stage one of a rocket liftoff of a shuttle where the boosters, you know, we can still see it naked eye, boosters, you know, dislodge, fall into the Atlantic Ocean, and then phase two is coming. It really feels like that way, but maybe you can talk to everybody about how you're focused. I think you're almost pat, because, and I know this guy's, for everybody watching, because Steve and I talk so much. You know, it almost feels like, Steve, you're past this, which is great. You're already looking 24 months down the road. You know, what What should everyone be kind of looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I, 
it's kind of my approach, you know, I've, I've got to be even keeled about all of this stuff. You know, we're obviously experiencing some highs, um, you know, running a public company has lots of challenges and things you have to fix every day and um, you have to manage people and, and scenarios. Uh, so, you know, although this is a great milestone that we're seeing um, in our in our capital markets and in our valuation, which allows us to unlock, you know, even greater future potential. You know, that piece is very exciting um, as I kind of plot, you know, our roadmap that's ahead of us. We are now presented with greater flexibility. We have more capability as a result of these, you know, capital market improvements. But, you know, tomorrow is going to be here tomorrow and I've, I've got to get to work. You know, we can't, you know, I can't sit around and just sort of, you know, have some big celebration because there, there is just so much more for us to do. And you're not and built that way at the end of the day. You're not trained that no, way. No, not, not really. It's just not, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I need to be. I think um, I've got a responsibility to work on behalf of everybody. And, and frankly, we have deadlines to meet. We've got RFPs that have to be submitted. We've got contracts that have to be written. We've got acquisitions that have to be negotiated. Um, we've got payroll to meet, you know, each couple of weeks. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that we have to do. And uh, I just need, well, I, I can tell you that the team members are working incredibly hard. Uh, we're working smart and efficiently. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody, you know, we're, we're a very cohesive unit, right? We've got a great kind of culture um, that's developed. And we've got team members at all levels, even the new team members that have come on board recently with, with our acquisitions are just fitting in so nicely to our culture that we're building, the direction that we're going as we become a really, not just domestic, but an international you know, integrated healthcare company with a number of you know, great facets to our business model. All right, so you're not just talking the talk you're walking the walk on this when you talk about that so take your pick of uh of of the recent big press releases that have come out but to me i think the first one i'd like to talk about is the partnership with rexall to launch integrated health care centers across gta ontario and what looks like it's going to be across the country talk to us about the importance of that in terms of the next two years for empower well, for us, moving into full primary care services was an absolute objective. Getting Canadian clinic acquisition put behind us in December coming into 2021 uh, was imperative for me. And the, the recruitment process for physicians and practitioners was underway. Um, finding a great partnership uh, to kind of roll forward with um, really made a lot of sense to us. And so now we're just like, frankly, negotiating leases. Um, and, you know, I anticipate, you know, um, the first of these leases to be executed in, in the very near future. And, and we'll share that with, with our followers, but it's now execution. We've got to get these health centers uh, documented, the doctors recruited, the doctor, the tenants improvements completed and the doctors into the office with administrative staff, with practitioners, with equipment and start seeing patients. And 
uh, just rinse that over and repeat it, rinse and repeat over and over and over because we have a formula that works. And keeping in mind that one of our key strengths uh, through Dr. Aviv and Dr. Jordan and their leadership is actually the recruitment of physicians and practitioners. Like that's our real strength of ours. Uh, real estate is kind of real estate and you know, we've, we've got a good plan with real estate, um, obviously. And so for us now, it's just getting on with the business of recruitment and opening up centers. So we're, we're definitely optimistic about meeting uh, the milestones that are out in front of us that we've talked about. And uh, we expect to have the first centers coming online, you know, by the end of the first quarter. All right. So Steve, a lot of people, a lot of investors aren't sure about the economics behind, but they understand the importance. This is a powerful partnership. Rexall is one of the, the second biggest in the country in terms of pharmacies ac across the country. But what do the economics of these integrated health centers mean to empower today and down the road? So, I mean, the integrated health care centers, no matter how we put them together, uh, we have a really a strong understanding of how the economics should take place. And it's a function of square footage being one, smaller square footage, which might be around 1500 square feet, larger square footage might be about 4000 square feet. And that begins to dictate the number of treatment rooms and the number of patients that you can see and manage. But more importantly, it dictates the number of medical doctors and the number of practitioners. So we know exactly what the revenue models look like per MD, per practitioner. So we can just extrapolate that. So as you look to these centers, you know, we have kind of a range. It feels somewhere between maybe two and a half million annualized on the small side, three and a half, four million annualized on the large size. Wow. And it's very predictable, right? It's a very predictable revenue stream. We've got a great plan for bringing additional value added medical services to layer on over time uh, to again, to look for bringing greater value to our patients, but then from an economic standpoint, you know, bringing additional high margin uh, medical services to our business model. So, you know, you might, I don't know, you average it, average it down to 3 million on an annualized basis, just for mathematics. So, you know, you get 10 of them up and running annualized, you get 20 annualized, you get 30 annualized as you, as you begin to expand across the country then you get a pretty good indicator of kind of what we think the next you know, 12, 18, 24 months can look like in our integrated healthcare centers in Canada. And when you talked, so if I'm doing back of napkin math, when you talked about the initial acquisition, uh, the Canadian clinic acquisition, you're talking about the goal is to get to 30. So you're talking about close to $100 million in annual revenue just at around 30. Yeah, exactly. And, and at a minimum, that's, that's our objective. I mean, the way that we structured the, the terms of the acquisition, uh, you can just go read the press releases from it, is it's absolutely milestone-based. We have milestone one, which is 10 clinics opened, milestone two, 10 clinics open, or uh, 20 clinics, milestone three, 30 clinics, and, and beyond. So we've got a game plan with uh, Dr. Aviv and Dr. Jordan as they lead that, uh, you know, starting in the Ontario marketplace because that's where they're based. It's also the largest market in Canada. And then we will just, you know, begin to expand it as the opportunities come up. Whatever those opportunities might be, you know, there's a variety of ways for us to establish healthcare centers, whether it's in partnership or, you know, independently, 
Um, and, and we obviously will consider all options, you know, depending on, on the pace of opportunities as they come up. But everything's uh, early stages, but we, we definitely have a, a, a strong long-term pipeline related to our plan for healthcare centers. And, and those numbers, by the way, came out in the press release for the acquisition well before the Rexall partnership. So I'm assuming uh, if, you, if, if you have more to add to that, those goals, I'm assuming we're going to hear about it. But I don't know, natural inference would be that, that that goal now is going to be an even bigger number going forward. What does it say about the quality of your clinic strategy that you that you that you create this partnership with Rexall. How much more confidence should that give everybody at home saying, "Hey, we told you we know what we're doing, but now we got third-party validation of, of one of the biggest companies in Canada who believes the same thing." Yeah. So the you know we we've always believed in um, what our strengths were, and, and we absolutely you know historically have been strong at um, opening and managing. Uh, health centers that have physicians and practitioners. Um, that part of our strength in the business model, I was not going away from um, in any form. What that now looks like has evolved because of our, our shift into full primary care. And that really seemed like a logical extension of where our capabilities could go. And you know, with the pandemic uh, and working through opportunities, uh, again, it seemed like the right path for us to figure out how to get there. Getting the Canadian, that first Canadian acquisition, we needed that base, right? We needed that footprint. I needed the medical professionals who um, I believe in and who really fit with, with us. And we have that in our two gentlemen now, and, and they're doing a great job in uh, identifying opportunities with our partners identifying the locations, whether they're independent or, or in partnership, because both scenarios uh, are in play. And of course, going back to which I want to continue to focus on is, is our recruitment capabilities, the ability to bring great physicians to our network who uh, really, you know, jump at the opportunity to be part of the organization that we're building. So if we stopped the interview right there, that's a company maker. Thanks, Steve. Done. See you next time. Clinics are going to grow. There's a definite plan in place. The validation is there. See you later. You know, that's just the beginning of this, of this integration story. So then you have part two. I love the news the other day that Kai Medical Lab uh, in Dallas, by the way, I want to talk about that because we know that, you know, Texas had a storm, uh, surpassed for its first time ever a thousand COVID-19 tests in a single day. Yeah. And in fact, that milestone was so important that you upgraded uh, or you revised, sorry, you revised the expansion from a 2X expansion that you, I don't know, about 30, 40 days ago yeah. to now tripling the size of, the Chi, uh, of Chi Medical Lab. What's going on over there? How big is that business? How big is that part of the business going to be? Not just today, but clearly you're on a great path for, for yeah, big Yeah, it's... Now. It's super intriguing. You know, it, it has, I've, I've said it before, but we're, you know, we closed the acquisition on October 6th and we had a lot of work to do, frankly. And, but it, we, we had a great team, um, a great group of scientists, great leadership with Yoshi Tyler remaining on as president. And we also have state-of-the-art 
laboratory equipment. You know, there's $1.5 million US in lab equipment there. And so there's a lot of foundation uh, for success. The other thing that we discovered through due diligence was uh, kind of a little, you know, secret almost is that they had really great R&D capability. Uh, it, we just needed to help them unlock those capabilities with working capital, some structure, people, you know, the support necessary. And we were pleasantly surprised at how fast the integration took place and how fast they were actually able to ramp up volume. Sure. And so October, you know, was a record. November, they doubled October. December, they tripled October. And, and it, it just keeps on going. And uh, we, we've had a tremendous January uh, and February is just going great. Now, getting these additional volumes. So, you know, we are, the demand is out there. So there's more demand than we can ultimately fulfill, but we have capacity to take on more demand. And so we're seeking it actively. But in preparation for a more efficient operation, I'm, I'm very concerned about their processes, um, how you manage a thousand specimens coming into your facility in a day, just the logistics alone. Um, and so we're helping reorganize the operational workflows, making sure that we're separating science from logistics, science from admin, and not having them kind of on top of each other. So if you contemplated moving the lab, we would be looking at probably at least 30 days of downtime in order to move to a larger location. We would have a great deal of expense in doing that, but the, the big problem is the lost opportunity cost because of downtime. So that was problematic. So what we did strategically, and I thought, well, the outcome has been great because we did it, is uh, we approached the next door neighbors uh, in, the, in the location. And uh, we had a, a very friendly discussion with them and made an arrangement to effectively buy them out of their lease so that we can take over the two units uh, directly adjacent to the lab. It allows us to open up a doorway between the suites. And now we effectively can separate lab and science from admin, logistics, call center, management, breakout room, you know, bathrooms, whatever the case may be, without downtime. And so that was really, you know, kind of a nice, elegant solution to a problem, but a good problem, which is we need to anticipate having more volume coming into our business and we have to prepare for it now. So to the what, extent- what are you seeing, Steve? What are you seeing that's given you that anticipation? Because look, you're a seasoned pro top 0.1% of all small cap CLs I've ever seen. You're not just doing this on a whim and taking a guess. What are you seeing that's leading you to go from 2X now to 3X expansion? We're, we're seeing a number of factors, you know, and there are, you know, external factors that are visible to everybody. So take for example, executive orders in the United States and executive orders in Canada that uh, put restrictions on travel. Well, one of the reasons why we put the R&D dollars into CHI in the fourth quarter to try to get our CHI saliva PCR test kit, the home-based kit to market was 
the anticipation that having a product like that available to consumers that doesn't need a med tech to administer would be a good idea. Knowing that getting a nasal pharyngeal swab um, you know, multiple times per week or per month is um, uncomfortable. So to the extent that we can offer a better product solution than is available in the market, that made sense. Then executive orders show up. Um, our Kai saliva test is ideally suited for the travel restrictions throughout the world, but certainly within Canada and the US. And that product is you know, in market now and our first shipments are coming to Canada, uh, probably you know, should be this weekend, I believe. And so just, just that alone, just the demand that's out there for that. We're also seeing businesses of all sorts, public sector, private sector, requiring regular ongoing rapid antigen tests, rapid antibody tests, uh, PCR tests in order to get their business back to work, in order to get their employees back to work. We're seeing in the US, uh, the new Biden administration stimulus package is, is upon us. And I believe it's a $1.9 trillion package that's going to try to help stimulate the economy. But all of those sectors require testing. I'm seeing airports issue RFPs. I'm seeing US government RFPs that we've now connected ourselves to um, as a new initiative. And uh, Dustin Klein and his team on, um, on business development are leading those conversations. So we're in front of all of those scenarios. So I need us to prepare for the increasing demand that is out there in the marketplace. I'm talking to other testing services in Canada. Um, I'm learning about their volumes and, and these are groups that are simply doing concierge testing. They don't have a lab. They're just offering the service of providing testing to businesses and they're seeing a boom with nothing in sight that says that that's going to change. So there's many market factors and indicators that are out there that, you know, you know, validate for us that there's so much demand that we need to be built for. Was the award, uh, I know it was local, but was the awarding of the COVID-19, uh, I guess, uh, testing uh, contract for the 5 million square foot Dallas Market Center just an indication again of how serious people are taking Kai Medical Lab as, as their partner and what they need in order to get their businesses back up and running? Yeah, it's a great indicator. You know, that was a transaction that um, actually moved very quickly. Um, the, uh, the, they call it the DMC, the, the Dallas Market Center, uh, which sits right beside the uh, World Trade Organization, uh, the World Trade Center there in Dallas is a massive um, uh, set of facilities. You know, they want to service their, you know, their customers. Uh, they've realized that the only way that they can do that is they have to make available testing because they have travelers that come in from other countries, other states, and those travelers won't come in if they can't get yep. a negative COVID test to go back home. So they were progressive in knowing that they had to find a solution. They found us, we quickly worked it up. We're two and a half miles from their location. 
So it, it was a really effective um, you know, program. And we were able to pull it together in a matter of 48 hours and deployed our people on a Saturday morning for their first convention that showed up on that Saturday through Tuesday. And you know, we've since completed our, our um, you know, full contract with them um, for the services on, on, a, um, uh, on an exclusive basis. So it's an, it is an example of the demand, but also the capability of our business units to be able to serve um, the needs of not only the, in this case, DMC, but, but their users and their partners. So Steve, now, if we had to end the interview there, we'd say, all right, that's a company maker because we've all done the back of the napkin math of what Kai Lab is capable of generating and you're tripling capacity. So that alone is a, a, a company maker. The clinics are company maker, you've got both. Now let's add on to the fact that Kai Saliva, we know already got off to a fast start in the US with the first 5,000 units sold and the second 25,000 units ordered because you guys knew you're gonna be able to get, get those out the door as well. But you also supplied your MDEL, your medical device establishment license to sell Kai Saliva in Canada. Yes. Uh, and you did it with a pretty high profile uh, partner. So what's going on there with Kai Saliva in Canada? Yeah, so we previously, and I, I feel like it was six weeks ago now, we, we did our direct application for the medical device establishment license. We have to be licensed by Health Canada to import, distribute, and sell medical devices. So the COVID-19 um, test specimen collection component of the overall kit is considered a Schedule One medical device. Um, it's you know essentially a plastic specimen collection tube with a couple other aspects to it. But I, we we know uh, we kind of hear uh, that you know, Health Canada's turnaround time, you know, has slowed down been relatively slow on most things, unfortunately. And although we're working directly with them, and we had a consultant who's helping us as well, Health Canada was not prepared to provide any level of certainty of when we would get a response. Uh, and that really concerned me. It concerned me because of lost opportunity cost. It concerned me because this product needs to be helping travelers in Canada or anyone for that matter who wants to go to a home-based self-administered collection uh, test. So we were, we started working very closely with, uh, with Sheila Copps and her team at uh, Medipro Canada. Uh, they had already uh, created an MDEL status uh, almost a year ago. And it was kind of a natural fit. You know, we work uh, daily with the Metapro team uh, on numerous opportunities, um, really, frankly, throughout the world. And uh, so, wow, we were so not just unique to Canada because Metapro is Canadian and, and, and you, the MDEL was Canada, but you're working on international opportunities for Kai Saliva. Well, with, with, with Metapro as well and, and others, but, you know, we, we've got a really nice working relationship going with Metapro now. And, uh, but specifically for the Canadian market, um, this was a really kind of, nice logical structure to put in place where we leverage something that they already have. Uh, we get to bring a product to market, open up doors, 
start to open up distribution uh, discussions across the country with different pharmacy groups or different, uh, you know, uh, retailers, uh, along with completing our direct-to-consumer uh, availability, and then looking to leverage our healthcare centers as another distribution point to uh, get test kits into the hands of Canadians. So it just, again, is like thinking, you know, a little bit more strategically is how do we solve this riddle of delays with Health Canada that are out of our control and then try to get in control of the situation um, and elegantly navigate our way through it. So we've come up with a great solution. Um, so Kai Medical Laboratory, Empower Clinics, um, are officially registered under the MDEL status uh, of Metapro Canada. And the medical device itself, um, that's part of our Kai Saliva test kit product, happens to be a Canadian product anyhow, and is already approved for use uh, in Canada by Health Canada. What kind of reaction are you seeing to Kai Saliva in Canada and some of these international opportunities? Is it as revolutionary as it seems like to me? Because up to now, we've all known the big invasive, you know, nasal swab. Uh, and I would love for my next COVID-19 test to be to be Kai Saliva. What kind of feedback are you hearing and what kind of organizations are you guys going after? I'm not be, I'm not mean by name, but, you know, this, what's, what does the profile of a, of a potential sure. customer look like? So the feedback is um, extremely consistent. It's exceptionally positive. Everybody likes the product formulation, the structure, understands what we're trying to accomplish with it. Um, the steps are after we open the door and have the conversation, we, you know, we do Zoom calls. Uh, we provide all the technical specifications uh, to demonstrate the um, efficacy of our product, the official registrations. And then from there, it's getting samples of the product uh, into uh, these potential prospective partners' hands, and then working out our pricing strategy with wholesale partners uh, to make sure that that you know retail wholesale uh, manufacturing relationship makes sense for everybody. Um, I would anticipate we're going to start to see um, major you know distribution hubs and points um, testing carrying the product on the shelves and stores. I don't know how many you know any particular location will uh, take. It's uh, slightly too early to tell, but that information we're going to gather and gain, you know, over the next couple of weeks, because the first shipments are coming into Canada uh, that are all earmarked as samples for these distribution partners. And, um, and then we just, you know, continue that journey. Um, we've got more inventory that's being produced as we speak every single day um, at our fulfillment center. So that's all with a new brand. Uh, and the brand is a very uh, nice looking, elegant uh, consumer brand um, uh, called Kai Care. And it will go onto our kaitest.com website as the first at home testing product. But I, when I say at first, I, I mean that. Um, I expect this direct to consumer platform to not only op offer COVID 19 tests to consumers wherever they may be but it's also a platform that should offer, you know, any and all forms of home-based test products, whether it's men's health, women's health, toxicology screening, whatever, whatever is appropriate. Uh, but I see the platform as it gets traction 
to be a destination for multiple um, testing protocols in the future. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say devil's advocate because you know I like I like to challenge you on some of these things sometime. Which is, what do you say to investors that that think okay uh, maybe this is just a COVID nineteen uh, story here? Um, what do you and vaccinations are now uh, they're not the panacea that anybody thought they would be, but still. You got some people saying, well, vaccinations might put an end to these two components of the business. Uh, what, do you, what do you say to that? Yeah, I, I am getting inquiries like that, or, or maybe we'll call them observations. And, you know, I, I want everybody to understand that you, we have a diversified integrated healthcare business model. We know what our lane is. Um, and we explained earlier about the long-term strategy of building infrastructure through health centers that bring scale for the future, but also stability um, in that type of delivery of care and delivery of healthcare to, to consumers and patients. The COVID-19 aspects are going to be with us for a long time. There are no indicators to say that testing requirements are going to slow down. In fact, the indicators are that they are going to continue to increase. We see litigation coming to bear in the United States, particularly more so than we see in Canada, but Canadians need to be aware of it. Um, we see litigators on behalf of employees forming class action suit against employers under the premise that the employer may or may not have demonstrated enough health and safety on behalf of the employees as a result of the pandemic. So therefore, we see COVID-19 testing switching from health and safety matter to a risk and legal matter where the corporations have to demonstrate that they're doing all they can in their power to mitigate risk on behalf of employees. Well, that means testing, irrespective of vaccine or no vaccine. There's no evidence to suggest right now that the current vaccines are going to last any longer than six months. And then we have this really difficult component that is showing up. And that is the variance and the impact on the variance, the severity and the pervasiveness of the variance and the impact that's going to have. So we have to detect those through testing. And I can tell you, we've already validated through our lab, through our molecular scientists, that our PCR tests do detect the presence of the new UK variant and the South African wow. variant. Okay. And uh, it's an important um, aspect that I want to talk more about because um, it's frankly a scary consideration going forward, which uh, is appearing to indicate that new waves may hit our, you know, our citizens um, as a result of these uh, pervasive variants. And we must keep testing going, uh, you know, this concept of reaching herd immunity um, is, is quite a misnomer. Um, and, you know, as an example, you know, we can barely hit 20% of Canadians get their flu shot each year. Now the vaccine is a different story, but there will be many Canadians, many people around the world who will choose not to get vaccinated at this point in time. Many will, of course, and, and obviously the most, um, you know, challenged groups um, uh, will will choose that path, uh, but 
it, it's not a quick fix, if any. And so it reminds us that investing in our healthcare infrastructure, in our labor infrastructure to be able to run concierge testing um, for on behalf of businesses or film and television productions or cruise lines or airports um, is going to be a stable growth business model for an extended period of time. But and it's not everything in our business model. And now investors should start to see the really grand picture unfold here because you've got these three separate elements, but they are intertwined at the end of the day. Now, I'm not talking about Rexall. I want to make sure people, I'm not saying that Rexall is going to carry Kai saliva on their shelves. I have no idea. No. Uh, it sounds like you can have distribution partners, announcements, things like that. So we'll wait for those kind of things. But I would venture to say that if you got these clinics as standalones, even the ones that are integrated with Rexall, would it be fair to say that you'll start your own testing within clinics? For, well, for, we, oh yeah, we, we definitely have the capability of doing that. So right? you know, in Canada, uh, you, you require a medical doctor to uh, requisition uh, um, a COVID-19 test. Um, some of the tests, whether it's a, a standard, you know, nasal PCR or a rapid antibody or a rapid antigen require a medical technician of some sort, you know, that could be a phlebotomist or a nurse or a practitioner or the doctor to actually administer the test. Our Kai saliva test obviously is different. That can be done at home, at your place of business, self-administered. Um, but there's a market for all of that. Um, and whether that's managed by public health, managed through the private sector, um, all of it's going to be around us and surrounded by us. We are just playing our role. We're positioning the utilization of our assets and our capability to um, play an important, strong role in the markets that we serve. So Steve, if you, last point, last question, if you look at the jump the company's made in magnitude from January, 2020 to here we are, February, 2021, do you foresee another jump of the same magnitude 12 months from now, given the fact that you got all three and there is more, but you know we can't. You know, we'll we'll leave it at that. Just these three big parts of the company all seem to be hitting their stride. Yeah. Where do you, do you I, see I, that magnitude jump again well, I, twelve months from now? You, it's a good description to say that that the the segments are all hitting their stride. They really are. Uh, I think that um, the path in front of us seems to demonstrate that you know we have a lot more growth um, coming. Uh, the combination of executing and delivering on uh, revenue growth quarter over quarter over quarter and so forth, combined with uh, capital market um, capital market expansion. We certainly have comps out there that demonstrate there's a lot more uh, valuation path ahead for us, but it requires execution. Um, we have to get things done. And so, you know, we can't sit on our laurels and, and look at, you know, one day in the market and say, that's it, you know, we've done it, we're, we're going to leave it there. Um, I'm just not wired that way. Like we, we have too much greatness to bring to bear uh, on behalf of shareholders, on behalf of citizens in the markets that we serve. And our pandemic has proven that the delivery of healthcare 
can change, it can evolve. And we fully intend to be part of that evolution in how care are delivered, how care is delivered each and every day, whether it's getting home-based tests to people to speed up the supply chain on, on lab results, or it's using virtual conferences of telemedicine to simplify and improve many aspects of the day-to-day -day healthcare system, or how we bring new technologies to bear to improve the quality of information that you know, physicians might have in anticipation of meeting their patients. Uh, so, you know, we intend to be part of that. Certainly some of our comps, when we look down south to markets like NASDAQ and uh, the New York Stock Exchange, there are some big players that garner extremely large multiples that I feel we have the right to be in that conversation now. We have the right wow. to be compared. Um, we have the right to have analysts begin to cover us um, with those comparisons. And, um, you know, let's see what we can do. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm game for the, uh, for the, or up for the challenge, let's put it that way. And so are the team members that we have, the leadership group that we have. And I would expect that we'll bring on other great business people and leaders through acquisition um, even this year. Well, Steve, that's a great way to leave it off right there. Bottom line is you're not talking the talk. You guys are walking the walk. We will take this moment to celebrate right now, though, uh, you know, as a sign off the fact that stage one booster rockets, you know, you're now at the at the Earth's atmosphere following the Atlantic and look great day to day all time high dollar twenty five closing high dollar 15 25 million shares traded. Um, so congratulations on getting here. But we hear you loud and clear. You're already looking down the road for the next magnitude growth. And you're not just saying it, the clinics are, are, are now, you know, are set on a great path. Kai lab going fantastic. Uh, Kai saliva already had his fast start in the US. Now you're in Canada. So I'm excited. Can't wait to see what you do next. But congratulations on what you achieved today. And I think on behalf of everybody, uh, thanks for you for, for what you've done for shareholders up until this point. Now let's let's go for phase two. Thank you, George. Hey, appreciate the the kind words and um, and you know let's let's get back on together soon and, and continue these updates. It's a great forum. Um, I appreciate you making your time available for for me to be able to communicate with our followers and shareholders. Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Uh, and I think the the shareholders are the ones who who appreciate it the most. So for everyone at home that's been watching or listening via podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, for all of you that are new uh, to the Empower Clinic story, make sure you do, do, your, do your due diligence. Take a look at some of the interviews we've done. Uh, I would say the last three or four interviews, because you'll see that what Steve has said he will do, he's doing. That's why he's got the respect of the investment community. Like I've seen really no other. And I know he's a humble guy, but that's what happens when you're Six Sigma certified under the you know, leadership of Jack Welch, the, you know, the, the original guys. And uh, that's why I keep saying Steve doesn't know how to play small ball. We're just going into the next phase. So thanks to all of you who have been with us for this journey and will be with us. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.